Hey, everybody. I'm Dr. Andy Rourke, and this is the Uncharted Podcast. Gang, it is here. Registration is open for the online Uncharted Conference. That's right, June 11th through the 14th. That's Thursday through Sunday. We are running our online conference, and guys, it is meant to feel just like our April conference. That's right, small groups, lots of interactivity, lots of discussion. We'll have our choose-your-own-adventure sessions where you guys, the participants, are going to make up the sessions, and we're going to have them. We're going to have a lot of discussion sessions. We are going to be as uh, hands-on as a workshop uh, creating, using actual content, making things that are going to make a difference in your practice as we possibly can. This is not you sitting and watching passively uh, lectures. Like, this is not a crummy version of YouTube. This is a hands-on, workshop-based conference being held online. You got to see it. It is all about recession-proofing your practice and getting ready to grow as the economy recovers from COVID. It is very, very timely. It is very, very topical. It is all about where we are right now. Don't miss it. Head over to UnchartedVet.com and click the Conferences tab to learn more. That's UnchartedVet.com and click the Conferences tab. Guys, I hope to see you. We don't have many spots left. Everyone from April largely is sticking around and they've been moved over to this uh, online conference. Only because we're going online do I have additional seats I can open up. There's probably going to try to open up about 50 more spots. So uh, attendance is going to be limited. Do not wait on this. Grab your spot. I hope to see you there. Let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. We are supported by Pet Desk. Guys, I don't know about you, but the word telemedicine gives me some anxiety. I mean, what are we talking about here? Multiple programs. We're talking about staff training. We're talking about getting the clients on board. Sounds like a massive headache. But gang, with Pet Desk, you get access to their industry-leading support team. They're going to jump in and help your practice get up and get going with all the support that you need. You'll be doing telemessaging in no time. And I'm talking about things like two-way messaging with clients. That includes photos and videos and coming soon video chat. So you can extend your exams out of the office to where your pet owners are. What's even better is that you get 30 days free with Pet Desk just for being an Uncharted listener. Head over to PetDesk.com slash Uncharted to get started. And we are back. It's me and Stephanie learning to fly, but I ain't got wings. <laughs> How's it going, Andy? And it's it's okay. It is okay. Um, yeah, it may, I'm just making it. <laughs> One foot in front of the other. Yep. Still just making it. Hanging but, in there. Yes. Let's keep talking about things that are not the pandemic. And then we'll circle back in the next <laughs> week or two. And we're going to talk about uh, recombining teams after we split them apart and starting to move back towards normalcy. So I, I'm optimistic. I feel like that episode is going to be helpful before long. And yep. so we're going to go ahead and jump on the horse and make it soon. But for right now, let's talk about other things. What are you going to talk about today? Um, yeah, so we have had one that has been hanging out in the bail bag for a while. And I'm excited to get to it. Um, we had... A listener write in who um, had a question about continuing education, and mm-hmm. their um, their note to us said um, was directed to you, and said, "I think you've been out of school for oh, quite a while now." And <laughs> <laughs> I don't is ten years right? How long have we been out of school? Yeah. Oh my gosh, well. twelve years. Okay, so twelve years. Andy's been out of school, and they said, um, "I you 
clearly put a lot of time and energy into um, the Dr. Andy work brand and the idea of client communication in particular. And so they were wondering, do you feel like you're missing out on medical continuing education? Um, Because when you go to CE or when you're at CE, a lot of what you're doing is communication or practice management or tech focused. And um, if you don't feel like you're missing out on it, how do you fit it all into your schedule? They said, I hope to have um, a career with lots of side projects, but I also want to make sure that I'm staying up to date on medicine because that's really important to me. Um, And I think it was funny because when we got this, I had just had a similar question from another manager who was like, you know, I, I was a technician and now I'm a manager and I feel like I should be doing all of these manager CEs, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I stay up to date and current on all of the medicine stuff because that's where I came from and that's really important to me. And so how do you kind of balance that? And so I think it's a question that is more applicable um, than a lot of people think maybe at at first glance, because I Mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of people who, as they grow in their career changes, um, find areas of passion and areas of interest. And obviously when you're passionate about something and you're excited, your focus is there, but that doesn't mean that you're going to ignore your home base. And so I think it's a good thing to talk about. Yeah, do I definitely do. Um, I can get on a soapbox here uh, a little bit and I will. <laughs> I, I think, I think most of us in vet medicine do bad job with our CE. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 that's what I think. And I'm going to break <laughs> apart why I think that, and I'll tell you guys what, what uh, kind of what I do or how I think about it. So yep. let me put two things on the table to get started, right? The first is, in my mind, everybody, like just to start laying out the CE thing, there are three kinds of CE, mm-hmm. okay? So that's how I split them apart. There's academic CE, and like, right. that is the CE where people talk about the new gold standard, what they're doing in the vet schools, what the new research says. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. usually delivered by a specialist or a professor it often includes equipment that the normal general practice does not have like they show you mri scans you know things like that and and it's not bad it's just what it is is no this is the most cutting bleeding edge educational research and that floats some people's boats so academic ce that's what that is uh practical ce is ce that is um on stuff that you do a lot of in mm-hmm. your practice, right? Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that you actually see, and hopefully it's new or updated techniques or things that are uh, actually working that you can put into practice in your clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cone of Shame podcast that I put out every week, uh, Medicine, is a great example of practical CE. It's mm-hmm. definitely not academic CE. That's not what I want. It's not what I'm interested in. It is right. very much the most common things that you see in practice. Mm-hmm. And that's what we hit on to make it practical CE. I mean, you get this pearl, you pick this thing up, and then you can use it. And then the last thing is CE is focus CE. And focus CE is when you go to an event and you're like, there is a thing that I want to do and get better at, like to actually move the needle in my practice. And this is when you go to a weekend or three or four day course mm-hmm. on dentistry. Mm-hmm. And all you do is dentistry under the supervision of a specialist for three or four days. Right. Right. Um, ultrasound courses are this way. You go for a weekend, you do two eight hour days of just ultrasound, 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 ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're very focusy. So those are the three kinds of CE, academic, practical, focused. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And so the first thing that I always say to people is split, split them up like that and think about what you're getting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and I say this to everybody out there, whether you're a technician, whether you're an associate doctor, whether you're a practice owner, you are a brand. Like you are a brand. You, Stephanie Goss, are a brand. Even if you never did the podcast, you never do anything outside of you, you are a brand. You're a certain kind of manager. And if I never did anything in the public eye, I am still a certain kind of veterinarian. In the eyes of my clients, I have a brand. In the eyes of my technicians who work for me, I have a brand. I am a type of doctor. I'm a style of doctor. I am a doctor that is different from other doctors in the practice and definitely across town. Every single one of us has a brand. And if you have a brand, you should have a brand strategy. You should think about what your brand is and what you want it to continue to be. Mm -hmm. And then... You need to select CE with intention and purpose to support your brand, right? Mm-hmm. And most of us do not ever think intentionally, strategically about our CE. We go and we pick up, here's a free academic CE lecture, and here's some practical stuff, and I'll grab this, and, you know, ooh, there's a focused, uh, you know, one-day intensive on this thing. I'll go grab that, and, you know, I haven't right. done any ophthalmology in a while. I'll go grab that. And that's just kind of how we, how we do our careers. And what I want to say to people is that's not the best way to do your education if you're serious mm-hmm. about being the best technician, or the best doctor that you can be or the best manager, right? If you look at yourself as a brand and say, I'm trying to go somewhere, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be something, then you will obviously pick CE that will move you in that direction. Mm-hmm. So you better the vast majority of CE that I consume is on communication, practice management, things like that. And it's, 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 it's what I, it's what I want. It's what's good for me. You know, I'm deep in the uncharted uh, practice owners and managers groups and stuff now uh, working a lot on the COVID stuff because I want to learn from those people. And so, so that I can do a better job, right? So I have insights so I can share examples, things like that. And so sure. that is the CE that I am consuming like crazy right now because that is sort of where I am trying to go, where I think I can make a difference and where I feel rewarded and fulfilled. And so that type of, of, of brand strategy is important. I, I, I think, and I'll, I'll pause after this. And I know I'm running away with this, but I think. <laughs> I think that we should all ask ourselves why we get CE. Like, why are you getting CE? And what sucks is that most of us stop asking that question. And the default answer is because my state requires me to have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get that and I hear that, but that is a crappy why yeah. to go and get CE. And so if you're yeah. like, I need it for my state. Then you just go, then that's why we just grab whatever is convenient and free. You know what I mean? Um, And we just sort of do whatever comes to, you know, comes to hand. That, I totally understand it. That's not how we become the veterinarians that we want to be, right? That's not how we become the, 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 the most, it's not how we become the most happy. And it's not how we become the most productive. Right. I am most happy when I am doing the, the parts of medicine I like to do and doing them really well. So if dentistry makes me happy, then I want to do dental CE. I want to get to be an amazing dentist. I want other vets calling me over to help them do dentistry. Mm-hmm. I want um, other vets in the practice asking me to do the tough dentals or the dental procedures because they know that I love it and I'm really good at it and I'm fast and I'm experienced and I'm knowledgeable. 
right? So the only way I get there is by focusing on that dental CE and really doing that dental CE. But that builds me the career that I want to have, and it puts me in a place that I want to be. And I can really talk to my clients with great confidence about dentistry, which is by itself going to get me more dentistry to do. And now I'm building the career I want because I'm intentional about my CE, and I'm really pushing focus CE, and I, I'm moving the needle. And so why do you want this CE? I think that that's the question we need to ask ourselves. And if the question is, because it's required by the state, no judgment, I get it. But I don't think you want to be the doctor that gets CE because it's required by the Mm -hmm. state. If the state didn't require it, would you really be that veterinarian who doesn't go to CE? Mm -hmm. I I don't think that that's, I mean, if you're listening to this, the answer is no. Like you're not Mm -hmm. that type of person. Right. Right. And so, so yeah, so then, so that you've lost your why. And I think the most productive thing for most of our careers we can do is refine the why. Why are we getting the CE stuff that we're getting? And I think that that is super important. And I think that there's a another direction to look at why the why is important. And that would be on the flip side of that. Um, from my experience, having been a technician and going to a conference or having been a new practice manager and going to a conference, when you go, especially when you're talking about going to one of the the big conferences, right? So we're talking about a three or four day event and there's multiple tracks and there's 9 billion options, right? It is so easy to get lost in this shiny object syndrome and you have this whole plethora of options to choose from. And I remember going to my very first conference as a technician. I went to Western States in Las Vegas and it was like, there's 9 million classes to choose from. And I just was so excited about being in that space and having so many options that at that very first conference, I think I went to all of these different classes and I got all of these ideas and I came back to my practice and I promptly stuck my notebook on a shelf and did absolutely zero with any of it because I was spread too thin and I had shotgunned the whole conference because I went in so many different directions. My brain was on overload and there was no way to say, this was my purpose. This was my why. This is what I wanted to get out of this experience. I didn't take, I took a lot of new stuff, but it wasn't necessarily new stuff that was relevant or important to me mm-hmm. in my practice. Um, and so I think that, I think that knowing what the why is, is super important, particularly for technicians and practice managers, because they are often um, team members who, unlike the almost every doctor I know has a good chunk of money written into their contract for CE and my managers and my technicians um, and my CSRs often don't. And so when they do get to go to conferences, it is less frequent. Um, And so I think there is a tendency to be like, Ooh, I'm just going to do all of the things and not, not really have a why. And I think that that is equally important for those positions because otherwise I think it's really, really easy to just have shiny object syndrome when you're, when you're at an event and go in so many different directions that you really don't get anywhere near as much out of the experience as you could. If you really sat back and said, well, why, why am I doing this? Like, why did I pick this conference? Why did I pick this, um, this location, figure out what that is. I I think that that's a really important point. Yeah, no, I, I, I com I completely agree. So, so let me answer the the question here. Um, you know, how do, how do I get my C? 
I do a ton of focus CE on the stuff that I'm passionate about that I really want to be good at. So that's Uncharted. I mean, yeah. I'm at three Uncharted conferences a year, and I live in the Uncharted community, and I write articles for Uncharted, and I read the posts in Uncharted, <laughs> and you know, and I'm on the uh, the roundtables and in the discussion groups. Like right. I swim in the Uncharted pond because that's, that's what I like. And it's what fuels us, uh, for at least for me, to do this podcast. And I know that yeah. that's that's the waters that you swim in as well. And so that is how I really focus my sea. But that doesn't give me the medical requirements that I need. And so I still practice. I'm going to the practice as soon as we finish up podcasting. I've got to right. get got to get over there. <laughs> right. And so I, I I want to be a good doctor, right? I want to uh, to practice good medicine. I, I want to give the clients a good experience. I want to take good care of my patients. And so I very intentionally go after practical AF mm -hmm. uh, medical CE. Yep. Like I, I am. You will probably not see me in um, breaking new in like breaking new technology lectures. You will probably not see me in cutting edge medical therapy. Um, right. I will read that when, when, when I get the time or as it comes into the actual practice sphere and practices right. and uncharted start picking it up and things like that. I will at that point prioritize it. But the truth is very limited time just in general. And yeah. so I go straight after the stuff that I see. I see a lot of flea and tick uh, CE, a lot mm -hmm. of heartworm CE, a lot of dentistry CE, a lot of basic surgery CE, do a lot of dermatology, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of that yeah. stuff that makes up my life. And I am good at it. In fact, va uh, vaccines, wellness care. And you go, that's, that's dull. I go, well, this is what I do all day long. Mm -hmm. And I want to be really darn good at it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that that's what I so I I seek that out and I go for it and uh, and yeah that that's it. And do you? So I know for me, I anybody listening to the podcast probably has learned by now that I'm a planner and I I have to have a spreadsheet and there's a process. How do you how do you accomplish balancing the CE that is fun and focused and and what drives your passion and also making sure that you are doing some medical stuff. Like, do you, do you have a plan for that? Yeah. So, and this is, this is a thing that, that if you have these sort of off, off projects or off passions sort of comes up, I, um, I know that business stuff, that business stuff is a black hole for me. Like mm -hmm. it is a vortex that I am drawn into. Right. I also know that hanging out with my friends and talking to people that I know, I am an extrovert. I love it. If I see someone once a year, I feel like it's not right for me not to say mm -hmm. hi, you know, and visit with them. And if it's a good friend, like if you and I are at a conference, uh, I want to spend time with you. Like I, I, I right. deeply want that. It's not even a conscious decision. That's just what I want. Right. And so I learned a long time ago that a part of being intentional for me is knowing why I'm going to an event and choosing an event that's going to get me what I need. Yeah. And so I definitely, when I want to do CE, there's a lot of benefit of online learning because I'm not going to get distracted. You know, yeah. I'm not going to have people to talk to. I'm not going to have a reason to stay in the hallway <laughs> instead of going in. Like, and again, I'm just being right. totally honest with everybody. Totally. Like I said, um, I know that. So grabbing online CE is good for me because I can go into my office and close the door and put my headphones on and actually do it and then just get it, get it done and give it my full attention. It also lets me do little bite-sized pieces 
You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to the eight day, like, um, just fire hose. So, yeah. so I definitely do some of the online stuff. I like that. But then the other thing, and I'll just be honest about this too. I generally go to tiny CE events that are not the big ones to get right. my CE. Like you'll right. see me at the, at the big conferences. I'm not getting CE there. It's right. just, there's too much going on. There's too many people. There's too much stuff. I, but I've just accepted that. And as a result, I have a plan of where I will get my CE. And so right. I, I book it early. I go on the calendar. I know when there's a, a nice CE event that comes here to Greenville, South Carolina every other year. And then it's in Myrtle Beach, usually the alternating years. And that's like three hours away from me. And so I go to a lot of the South Carolina Association of Veterinarian stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I go to a lot of those those types of meetings, mm-hmm. but I book them on the calendar. They're small. I go straight in, I, you know, and I'm just like, I am here to get the CE. And then I spend two days and I just bang out the vast majority. There's a local specialty hospital that does um, practical CE and I just show up. I get eight hours and I don't talk to anybody, you know what I mean, uh, other than my friends that I see all the time. So I don't feel a great compulsion to just to dodge, you know, lectures to talk to them. Yeah, I think I think when I was um, starting out as a as a manager and as a technician, I did the opposite of you. So when I I I lived locally, right, like I didn't know a lot of people in the veterinary world outside of my little local vet association. And so at that conference where we had a couple hundred local vets and technicians and CSRs come, you knew everybody, you were going to get talk to everybody, you get chatty in the hallway, the whole experience that you just talked about. And so for me, I was very intentional about saying, okay, I know at these local events um, or the CE put on at our specialty hospital, for example, I'm going to get some out of it, but it's also going to become not just CE, there's going to be some networking. And mm-hmm. so I was very intentional to say, okay, if I need academic CE or I need practical CE, I chose um, I chose to maybe go to a bigger conference away from home where I'm not yep. going to know anybody. So I, I felt comfortable and confident going to class, being really focused, going back to my hotel room, processing what I learned. It was very much like a school environment. And so I think for a lot of people, it has to do with the environment. And I think it's really important to think about your own learning style and Mm -hmm. really be intentional about your choices, I think is the biggest thing. And just like you, I, um, I am a lot the same way. I sit down um, at the end of the year. So before the new calendar year starts and I look at all of the kind of options and I always plan, have a plan for my work related relevant, um, medicine kind of CE for the year. And then the other stuff that I want to focus on and I calendar all of the things out. And so I look at all of the conferences. I look at what tracks are out there. I, I research and look at what is online CE. So for example, if my practice is focusing on um, dentistry and improving our dentistry experience for our clients, and I might sit down and say, okay, what is the focus stuff that I can do around dentistry in this next year and where can I find it? So looking at online offerings and just even if it's something I can do on my own time, being intentional about setting the time aside on my calendar and saying on this chunk of time, this is when I'm going to accomplish this yeah. this thing, I think really, really helps me. I, I have, since I started in practice, used a massive um, wipe off wall calendar. And so at the, before the year starts, I have 
all of that put up on the calendar so that I know when I'm going to be able to tackle it. And I think as you start to get into more, um, you know, side projects and passion projects and things that you're really um, interested in, in, it really is helpful to become a little bit more of a planner, even if that's not your, your, your normal state. I've worked with doctors, for example, who they're in GP, they mostly see dogs and cats, but they're super passionate about birds or exotics. They make a plan so that maybe every other year they're going to go to a passion related CE or do something online with um, academia related to that passion versus um, going to general practice CE. And I think that that's a really smart way to approach it. Yeah. I, so everyone's a brand and you should have a brand strategy mm-hmm. at least once a year. I feel like I feel strongly and for mo- most of us, it's more often than that, but at least once a year, every one of us should say, where am I? And like, like <laughs> where the hell <laughs> am I? And where am I going? Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the best medical advice I ever got was from uh, Dr. Michael Sher at Florida. He would always say, where am I with this case? And where am I going? Right. And I think we should all look at our career and go, where am I in my career and where am I going? <laughs> and and I think a lot of times people get overwhelmed and they go, well, I don't know where I want to go. It's like you don't have to know where you're going in your career. Mm-hmm. All you have to know is where you're going next. Right. And just keep doing that. That's it. No, like right. I think I think people get overwhelmed because they're like, I don't know what kind of doctor I want to be in 10 years. You don't. Just tell me what doctor you're going to be in the next 10 months. Right. Like, where are you putting your foot down next? Like, as you walk, just tell me the next step you're going to take. That's all. And so, what am I doing next? So, at least once a year, we should all look at our careers and go, where am I? Where, Where am I going next? And for me, that's generally the end of the year, right? And it's because... We come up on the new year. I, I gave up New Year's resolutions a long time ago. I, mm-hmm. I just, they, they don't work. We know they don't work. Um, it's just kind of this construct and then we feel like we fail. But the end of the year usually just naturally feels like a time of reflection to me mm-hmm. of what happened yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. And I have just naturally found that that is a great time for me to say, what happened last year? And then what, where do I want to try to go next year? And that's when I start thinking about what I want to do. And I will tell you, and I come back to this, and everybody's different, I guess, but the best money I've ever spent on CE um, that's not business uh, stuff is when I, when I decide that I want to work on dentistry, when I decide that I want to work on ultrasound, when yeah. I decide that I want to work on dermatology, and then I plunk down the money and I go and I deep dive in a small yeah. group. And just do the crap out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really, I think as a profession, I'd like to see p- more people move in that direction. And that's, mm-hmm. you can sort of tell, like, the way we built Uncharted really speaks to the fact that um, that I, I have had those feelings. You know what I mean? And I feel like that intimate, hands-on experience really actually makes a difference. And so that's kind of how Uncharted is built on that model. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's just what I've found. Yeah, I I would agree with that. And I think the other thing, too, is don't discount your ability to get that intimate experience um, in some of the bigger locations. Because I know cost is a big concern for a lot of particularly our associate veterinarians and our paraprofessional staff who don't have big CE budgets. And they're like, well, you know, a focused ultrasound conference can run you, you know, upwards of three thousand dollars for, you know, a week long class. How do I how do I get someone to help me pay for that? There are lots of opportunities, particularly at some of the bigger conferences, to have those small focused um, hands-on labs where you get that same intimate experience with 25 um, or a 50 cap 
you know, amount of people and you're still able to get that one-on-one hands-on kind of experience. And because there's so many other offerings at those conferences, you can often um, find options where the price point is significantly lower. You're not going to get that same immersive experience that you would if you went for a whole week and did um, an intensive ultrasound course, but you might get enough out of it that it gives you a really good solid starting point. Then you go back to your practice, you start doing more. And then the next year, it becomes significantly easier to convince your boss to plunk down two yeah. or $3,000 to send you to that intensive week long class. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, don't, don't overlook the, um, the smaller options as well, I, I guess. Oh, I know. I completely agree with that. And, and um, but here's what I see happening with the smaller options too. Someone signs up for like one of the big conferences and they say, oh man, this is going to be great. I'm going to go to this big conference, but I really do want to learn about dentistry. And then they'll look and they will see the workshops, right? Mm-hmm. And the workshop will say limit 25 people and it'll be an extra 200 bucks. And they'll right. go, mm, man, that looks good. I, you know what? I'll think about that. And then they just don't do it. They don't pull the trigger. And then they tell themselves, oh, there's so much other stuff. It's not a big deal if I don't get in there. And then, and then it fills and it feels like right. that, like those, right. those workshops fill yes. fast. Yes. And like, it's, you're exactly right. The price is great. The learning is great. Uh, it will bump you in a focused direction in your career and, yeah. and give you skills that you want and make you feel like, I don't know, for me, it, it reminds me why I love that medicine. I feel like I'm getting better at something and, mm-hmm. and feeling like you're getting better at a thing. Like that, that's, that's encouraging. It's recharging. And I think most of us don't get that feeling a lot. So, but again, like my point is the biggest pitfall here is that we procrastinate. We're not intentional. We don't sign up and then go to look at the workshops and be like, nope, I'm signing up and I'm looking at the workshops. And if they have one on the thing that I want, I'm in there and you go and you look and there's the Durham workshop and it's four hours long and there's a cap of 25 people and you're going to actually be doing the testing freaking take that spot, plop that right. money down and commit to it. Otherwise it'll pass you by and you end up where we always end up, which is I'm at this big conference and I'm sampling a little of this and some academic stuff. And, you know, and I go back and I, and what have I, I got, I've got some pearls, but what have I really got? That's going to change the way I practice. And the answer is mm-hmm. probably very little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So the, I think the, our answer is you have to start with your why. You have to know why you're getting the CE um, Mm -hmm. and knowing that you are a brand, even if you are are listening to this thinking, I'm just a veterinarian or I'm just a technician or I'm just a manager. You still are a brand and you should have a strategy for what that brand is within your practice. If if you're a technician and your colleagues who work with you look at you and go, oh, she's the cat lady or, oh, she's the surgery tech, you have a brand. Right. Like that, that is your brand is you're the cat lady. Or yeah. you have the surgery deck. And your brand is just your reputation is what you're known for. And so you can either try to change that brand by building other skills and diversifying away from that. Or you lean into that brand and say, you're damn right I'm the cat lady. I am the best cat. I am going to be the best can, uh, cat handler you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then I am going to hit the heck out of the feline mm-hmm. wellness lectures And the low stress handling lectures and the cat behavior lectures. And I'm just leaning all the way in. And then you really are Mm -hmm. going to be somebody that they go, oh, she's, she's awesome. I mean, she's, she's our cat guru and Mm -hmm. we're lucky to have her that that's how it happens. And again, I don't care what your role is in the practice, whether you like it or not, 
you have a reputation. That yeah. reputation is also known as a brand. Cool. So. And then you have to look at what kind of seed you want. Are you looking for academic CE? Are you looking at practical CE? Are you looking at focused CE? Mm-hmm. And then we talked about uh, the different kinds of mediums a little bit. We talked a lot about the, you know, large conference experience versus kind of a boutique um, intensive, like an ultrasound conference, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But don't discount, I think, the digital and small conferences offerings. You talked about your local um, VMA. Local VMAs offer often so much incredible CE. and. It is really easy to discount that in your planning process because it's always there. They have a meeting once a month or they've got the annual conference. Like consider that when you're when yep. you're doing your plan. Consider consider it and then put it on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you end up going, Oh, it's just May. Right. I'll get one later on. And then you end up in December getting whatever CE you can find. Because you didn't ever actually get off your butt and go to the thing and do it. (laughs) So those are lessons I have learned the hard way uh, about being intentional, putting stuff on the calendar, going from there. And I think the last piece that's that's probably worth talking about because this person wrote in um, because they want to have a side hustle or passion project and, and you and I are both very much those kind of people is that when you get to that point, I think it's important to consider, am I actually going to this event for education or am I going to this event or conference because I am going to be networking and or seeing my Mm -hmm. friends? Because I, I think that it's, I think that that will happen. Um, And, and I, I can fully admit that I have been at um, conference now where I have, not attended a single class or lecture um, because I've wound up doing other things. And um, it's, um, I think it's important to look at that and recognize it and own that because networking it and, um, you know, developing connections and contacts, particularly within a subject area that you're interested in and passionate about is super important. And so I, when I'm planning my CE, I intentionally say, okay, I know that this, I'm probably maybe going to take one class or two and the rest of the time, these are the things that I'm going to be working on. Um, And I account for that so that I'm not sitting there at the end of the year going, well, crap, every conference I went to this year, I wound up not getting any CE and now it's December and I need, you know, 15 more units before I can renew my license. So I think that's important to acknowledge and be intentional about when you're going through your planning process for your CE. Oh, yeah. And let me be real clear. Networking is not failure. Like that is a good use of your time at a conference. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how often, you know, I talk to vets and they're like, I can't hire any veterinarians or I can't hire any technicians. You know, a great way to protect yourself against that is to go to events and talk to people Mm -hmm. and meet Mm -hmm. people and just know them and know technicians and know veterinarians and know vets in your area because it's amazing how often somebody's not really happy at a place and, you know, they kind of start looking around and, you know, you might get an email from somebody who goes, hey, you know, uh, if you uh, recommended a practice, do you know any practices that might be looking for a veterinarian? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) And you get those emails. That's how Uh that stuff happens. You know what I mean? Is because I know you. But 
if you don't, if you don't know anybody, you know, then you're kind of on an Island and you end up putting out job ads to try to get people. Right. And it, it just, it's, it's super important, yeah. especially like if you don't own the practice that you're in, you never know if you're going to want another job. You never know what's right. going to happen. You know, you never, right. never know. Like having a network and knowing people in the area that, that know you and, and like you, that's just smart. That's just good for the brand. So yep. anyway, well, that's all I've got on this. Thanks yep. for talking it through with me. I hope it's helpful. Yeah, I do too. Cool. This is, a, this is fun. Now I'm excited. Now I want to geek out and go to go go to some CE. I know. I'm like, ah, <laughs> hey, I know some CE. The Uncharted Online Conference is coming June 11th through the 14th. It is going to be fan flip fantastic. We are so excited about it. I can't stop uh, working on it and tinkering with it and playing with it. And um, I think we're going to have something really special. It's going to be a digital conference, unlike things that people have seen before. Yeah, I'm super. I'm super excited as well. Cool. It's going to be a good time. You got some. You got some sessions there. I've got some sessions there. I'm actually going to be talking about um, public speaking stuff. I'm going to be talking about um, talking to a group and how to be persuasive when talking to a number of people, whether they're pet owners or your whole staff. So we're going to get really into that sort of stuff. What are you talking about? Ooh, I'm excited about that. Uh, I am going to be talking about some number stuff and some money stuff. And originally um, I was planning to talk about uh, figuring out how do you, how do you know if you can afford, how can I afford it? Um, so looking at staff and looking at uh, expenses within the practice and really actually trying to figure out if you can afford it before you leap with both feet. And I think in light of everything that everybody is going through with COVID, we're definitely going to do some additional um, focus and diving into how do, how do I figure out where I stand financially? How, how are we recovering? What is our plan for um, really planning smartly for expenses as we tighten the belt over the coming months and, and potentially the next few years? Cool. You guys can learn more about that. UnchartedVet.com. All right. Thanks, Steph. I'll talk to you later on. Okay. Have a good one. And that is our episode. Guys, that's what we got for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. Listen, if you have a question for me and Stephanie to tackle, please, 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 please send it over to us. The email address is podcast at unchartedvet.com. That's podcast at unchartedvet.com. Send us whatever you got. Give us enough background that we can work on the problem and really get in the weeds for you. That's what we enjoy. And uh, if you have a moment, we love an honest review on iTunes. It makes our day. It is the best way for people to find us. It really does mean more than you probably know. So if you have a moment, take care of that. That would really just mean a lot. Gang, be well, stay safe. Keep being the people that our pets deserve. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.